This B Podcast Network show is presented by IXL. IXL's all-inclusive online teaching and learning platform simplifies ed tech needs and accelerates achievement in 95 of the top 100 U.S. school districts. IXL delivers personalized learning across a comprehensive pre-K-12 curriculum, including math, language arts, science, and social studies, and it helps you assess student performance through actionable real-time insights at every level of your school or district. This one solution performs work that typically requires dozens of different tools. Want to find out why so many leading districts trust IXL? Visit IXL.com forward slash B-E. That's IXL.com forward slash B-E. Hey, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Tell Me This. I am your host, Carrie Borkowski. And as I said earlier, we are trying something new this season. We are in between seasons two and three doing some prepping and finding some great guests and content for this fall. And we thought we would do a summer of coaching. I have had the pleasure of taking some coaching classes and meeting and being inspired and really taught by lots and lots of peers in these awesome classes. And I am looking at one of those persons right now on Zoom, Shannon Fleischman. She has been gracious enough to spend some time with us this morning. So welcome, Shannon. Thank you. It's great to be here. Yeah, it's good. It's good to see you. Shannon is lucky enough to um, be on a semi break for the summer, which is wonderful. Yeah. We were talking before we hit record about how lovely that is to be able to take ah, just a breather, especially after I don't I mean, I don't know if it's after Shannon. I hate to say after the pandemic, I feel like we're still moving through it. So I'm very careful. <laughs> with my words there. Right. So, right. Yeah. Transition yeah, yeah. phase. Yes. So that's sure. good. Good word. Transition phase. So, so just by way of introduction, Shannon is a one-time apparel design major. I want to hear more about that, Shannon. I was <laughs> so surprised when I read that yeah. a formal federal employee, an education researcher and an educator and lifelong learner. She's also a sociologist, a community college advocate and recovering perfectionist. We have lots of people in our listening audience who can relate to that one, Shannon. Uh, she currently teaches sociology at Chesapeake College, where she also serves as the department chair of social sciences. She lives in the beautiful town of Annapolis, Maryland. If you've never been there, get it on your bucket list, your calendar, whatever it takes to get there. Um, and she lives with her husband, two kids and their precious pup, Penny. And Shannon, first, welcome again. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. Oh, thank you, Carrie. I'm <laughs> delighted to be here. Yeah, I have to say just to poke a little fun because I have kids too. I love yeah. that your bio says your precious pup Penny and you just yeah. mentioned your two kids. Yeah, well, I think that is fair after we, we a lot of family time this past yes. year and we all agree it's really a bonding that she is everyone's favorite. It's, <laughs> it, no one is offended. We just, it is a collective All right. Fleischman family decision. Got it. Got it. Awesome. <laughs> I love that. Yes, there has, you know, it's funny, many of our guests this past season, and even I was talking to coach Alex yesterday, we're all mm. feeling that like overabundance of family time. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so, mm -mm. Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, um, yeah. So again, I'm so happy to have you here and looking forward to diving in. And as I, as I've told our audience, you know, and I, I sent you a, a set of questions beforehand, but like, as is customary on this podcast, we'll kind of go where the conversation takes us. So, um, if that's good love for it. you, great, Absolutely. great. So I would love, I'm asking everybody, I would love, love, love to hear, cause we're still getting to know each other, Shannon. <clears throat> I would love to hear about your first experience with coaching informal or otherwise yes yes uh so and i can't remember we had so many different breakout groups yeah i know class, <laughs> but I, I feel like i shared this a, a, a couple times and it is um my first sort of informal 
exposure, if you were, to to coaching. So a dear friend of mine, um, we used to work together at Prince George's Community mm. College. Mm-hmm. Um, I, God, like decade and a half ago now. <laughs> okay. And um, you know, we became very close, and you know, kind of early in our friendship, I would always just find that you know, questions that she would ask me would stick mm-hmm. with me. And, you know, I, I made some offhand comment at one point, like, oh man, just so good at asking these. I, I don't think I use the word powerful question. Yeah. So yeah. Your audience. That's one of our, <laughs> that's our right. coaching that's right. uh, skills. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, she's like, and she kind of flippantly, and this again, so this would have been a really early, you know, I don't know the history of the coaching movement, but mm-hmm. it would have been early on in the, you know, I would think of the kind of evolution of it and spreading of it. Um, and she years before that had actually taken a a coaching uh, course online. Okay. So think about that. I mean, for her, I'd have to get this because it was probably about two decades ago. So it was like very like early on in, Mm -hmm. in, in all of this kind of, um, correspondence course or what have you, but she, she had gotten um, trained as a coach and she was certified and she had briefly had a little consulting. Uh, she, she was an adjunct teacher and mm-hmm. she kind of did that on the side. And um, yeah, and, and it just, I, I always felt so grateful, you know, kind of even as we went to t- to work at different institutions mm-hmm. and I went back to grad school, um, you know, we kind of would, would always, you know, we stayed very close friends and I feel especially now going through this formal training as we have Mm -hmm. that I can see that, that, um, you know, again, for your audience, Jen, our, one of our teachers would always say that 90% of the coaching happens outside of the session. And I feel like though I had never formally had a coach in my friendship with Heidi, I was getting that you know what I mean? Yeah. I, many of, I can look at turns in my life and how, how she phrased things. So, mm. so that was my informal, you know, exposure. But then I guess about four or five years ago, I was at an AFACT conference, which is for Maryland, for community college mm. uh, faculty okay. across the state of Maryland. We, we meet once a year um, in a conference. And um, I, I was looking over the thing and there was a session about coaching and I was like, oh, thinking of my friend, my friend Heidi. Sure, sure. And um, when, and that was my first exposure to Anne Arundel. Oh, you know, okay. Coaching. So they were and there. It was in fact Jen. Okay. And, and I remember just being like, wow. And, and, that, and that was four or five years ago. And I kind of had it on my little, you know, that mental bucket list. Like I really would love to get some, I love to do that, you know? And, and then it just finally came to fruition of all years this past year. I know. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny. It's, it's good that you were able to see Jen present and talk about it because you know, the energy and the, the dynamic way in which she presents everything makes it if you were already sold because of your friend Heidi, I bet you were just like, sign me up right now. You nailed it. Yeah. She told me once they call it her Genergy, Genergy. And I was like, that's amazing. That's so true. That's so true. I actually actually had the luxury of knowing Jen um, almost 20 years ago because we, we worked at Anne Arundel Community College together. We came into the college as first year oh. faculty at the same time. That's so, so cool. Yeah, I did so, not know that. Yeah. I wondered so we, how you got connected being up I, in, in Massachusetts. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we got connected about 20 years ago and we were, I was in the economics department. Of course she was in education. Mm-hmm. So the only reason we crossed paths is because they did a first year faculty orientation and of course we sat next to each other in the orientation and it was like, you know, Jen, and it oh, was yeah. like, Bam, instant, instant connection. And I, when you were, when you were reflecting on your times with your friend, Heidi, I was thinking, yep, Jen and I definitely had those sorts of like, we, we would have these, we would call them like, um, like these brainstorming sessions. We would get together just to like talk and ask questions. And so, yeah, so I, so for me, the pandemic has been awful. I, I, there's no two ways about it. And it, it also has created unexpected opportunities, which was I had been trying to figure out how to get to Maryland for one of her like three day yes. things. Cause yes. I'm like, I can take three days. I can stay with my family. And then she's yeah. like, Carrie, 
they're offering the coaching on zoom. And I'm like, Oh my God, sign me. I am there. So, um, Uh, I, that's exact. Exactly. Like I, I had looked for several years at those. Oh, that's so funny. Always a conflict. Yeah. And I'm here in Annapolis. Yeah. Like yeah. seeing what it is. Of and, course. And of so course. I just, so. I, yeah. I hope we can do more of that in education of finding, you know, these, these ways that while awful, the pandemic, you know, kind of allowed an expansion of something that's good. Totally. I mean, going. well, yeah. Bringing back those things that were not that we really missed being gone. Absolutely. I feel like having access to so many more interesting and diverse things has really been cool. So, yeah. um, you kind of touched on it, but I would love to hear, I'm going to ask you more directly, like either as a coach or maybe both as a client, what does coaching mean to you, mm-hmm. Shannon? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, you know, just kind of when I think about coaching, I feel like the flexibility of it means that like what it can mean for me, what, when I think about like what it meant for me, you know, kind of over those informal years with Heidi versus mm-hmm. what it means now is, yeah. is in, in, it's very much that beauty of it, that it is so flexible yes. to meeting you where you are, mm-hmm. you know? And, and I think about that when I, um, and, and you know, I think this will come up in our conversation and I, mm-hmm. I'm probably a little bit different than I think a lot of the people in the class and that I am not, I don't have an intention of being a coach, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, I want to do more to practice the skills of, mm-hmm. of coaching sessions, but my goal in this is to have this skill set of showing up coach-like, you mm-hmm. know, for my students, for my faculty in my department, for my family, for my friends, you know, this, this sort of, um, because I just think there's, there's such value, uh, in in terms of, you know, living our authentic lives. And if we're tapping into, you know, we've done all this values work, that's something very important to me is, you know, how do, you know, not only do I live authentically, but help people, you know, Mm. that I interact with, you know, be their true selves as well. Um, and I think that coaching has the the power, you you know, to, to do that. Uh, and so that's, that's something that means a lot to me about coaching. Yeah, absolutely. I have my, I still have my, my uh, values sticky note on my computer monitor from yeah. when we did the mining yeah. the core values and authenticity is definitely one for me too, which I, so I'm, I'm, I appreciate that. And I love, I love this idea. You're right. That coaching is, I hadn't articulated that way, but like, it's this sort of flexible set of skills, which yeah. I really like can show up in so many different ways that are needed by yes. diversity of clients. That's a yeah. beautiful way to talk about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think the other thing I've been thinking about a lot, Shannon, with coaching, and you sort of touched on it is, you know, I know both of us being new to this, I remember being in a breakout session and us both and and the other person, probably if we were in triads expressing like this nervousness, like to coach, right? Because you're like, you want to do it right. You want to be perfect. You want to ask the right (laughs) question, right? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All of those why, things. Why? Perfectionist Polly, the saboteur. I hear a saboteur. I know, right? Right. And when I was talking to Coach Alex yesterday, he was pointing out that for him, what he, you know, what he re- reminds himself of is when he's feeling that way, it's because he has a need to feel like he's doing well, that it's not actually in service of the client at that moment. And I was like, oh my gosh, that is so powerful. Like if you can show up in service to your client, not worrying about yourself, that's Mm. like, I don't know. To me, that was like so huge. And like your, your notion of like showing up coach, like for your students, like if we can like put aside our ego and show up coach, like, and be in it and listening to our stuff. that like gives me goosebumps. Like it truly, truly does. That's to me, that's like as generous as you can be as a human being, right. To like put right. aside your own angst about it. Absolutely. It is truly, I mean, how often we don't listen, no. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it, it, if you approach your interactions, you know, in the world, yeah. it, you know, with the, this coach, like mindset, you're showing totally. up 
listening. And it's just, I mean, that alone without even doing anything beyond that is revolutionary in a way. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The, the listening and staying right. One of the things for folks who don't know coaching, one of the skills that they talk about, or we talk about is staying like really staying with your client and not trying to direct them in any sort of agenda that you have or think that they, it's like, so so listening and staying is just, I just, it's weird. I just like, I'm just realizing this as we're talking. It's like, it is, it's really a gift, right? And being so generous. And this podcast, as I've shared with many of you is, is really founded around belonging and cultivating community. And so I think coaching fits in so perfectly. Well, I, <laughs> with this I, idea. Well, so I, I, that I was, I so enjoyed it. I listened to, I think your first two or three episodes, oh. you know, knowing that I was coming on here. I'm like, well, I yeah. should hear what, listen what this is yeah. about. Yeah. And I just, I loved the story, your grandma. Oh yeah. Mm. I mean, the very name. Yes. Like, tell me this. Yeah. And right. Story yep. about how that came from. Yeah. She was showing up coach like. Totally. Listening. <laughs> yep. You know, to yep. what, you know, tell me more. Yep. And, and, you know, I even, and it didn't really make this connection to now, but when I was listening to, to those stories, I was, I remember thinking, oh, that's so my dad, my dad, Aww. you know, is a, I mean, he's a retired coach, like a, a, a wrestling coach and uh-huh. very where I grew up. And, yeah. you know, he never told us, you know, do this or mm. do that. He would just ask questions, you know, oh my God. Listen. Yeah. and I, you know, I, I didn't really think about that, but it, when you were talking about your grandma, I'm like, Oh, I always felt, feel like that with my dad, you know? Yeah, totally. And you've had some powerful people, Heidi and your dad showing up coach, like that have really, it sounds like contributed to getting you to this point, yeah, with which is, work. you know, if we can equip people with these skills, you know, think about how many more can have access to I know, that. Right. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. So, so again, you know, I'm, I'm introducing or continue to talk about coaching with, with my listening audience. And so, and many of them already know what coaching is because I've talked about it or they were just familiar, but I'm curious, Shannon, I loved and appreciated that. And it's a good reminder that everybody who takes a coaching class, their aspiration isn't to become, you know, a small business of just coaching that, that the skills are useful. Well, I mean, Jen would tell us and has told us in everything we do, right? So, <laughs> so let's just put it out there. But nice you channeling in, there. Yeah. I know, right? But you in particular, you your arms. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's right. but you in particular are an educator. Mm-hmm. And so I'm wondering, you know, you know, to use a, a coaching sort of question, how do you show up as a coach for your students, your colleagues? I mean, you're a department chair, so there's leadership there. Like, what does that sort of look like in your world? Right. You know, sadly, because of the pandemic, Mm -hmm. I have not had the interactions, you know, that I normally, Mm -hmm. the the level of interaction that I have, you know, with my students Mm -hmm. um, for a variety of reasons. Um, You know, with my kids here, I did (laughs) sync versus sync, you know, you know, for your listening audience that might not know, you know, like being online at the same time, setting up material for them to work through. And so uh, I haven't had as many interactions, but the few I have had, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, old students who wanted to talk about transfer and Mm -hmm. we're just facing around graduation, what should I do about X or Y or Z? I, it was amazing because when I went, you know, when I would meet with you know, the students, I would find myself, you know, kind of, I keep thinking of it kind of like a, almost like a sacred pause and in a Mm -hmm. sort of meditation sense of, I could almost hear myself about to give advice, right. To be like, you know, because they were coming to me, right. (laughs) Or what do you think about? Right. Mm -hmm. And instead I just sort of would breathe to kind of break my habit <laughs> mm-hmm, yep. and instead just ask those powerful questions, follow the breadcrumbs mm-hmm. and, you know, that piece of non-attachment mm-hmm. of, you know, I've always trusted that they, you know, like community college students are amazing. Like they oh, are just, yes. they, they are I mean, you, you will never find and you, that, that very idea of whole creative beings, right? Mm-hmm. Like they, 
this is these are people who are, are do, accomplishing their education many times against a lot of odds they have mm-hmm. phenomenal gifts mm-hmm. and you know I always believe in the whole creative being concept, mm-hmm. but I have taken my role, you know, it was my job to kind of help them. Right. Yeah. Do right. Right. This non-attachment piece of recognizing, mm-hmm. well, they can do, you know, they, they got this. Yeah. And I think when you show up coach, like mm-hmm. you really empower your students, you know, with your questions to, to, own their their journey on yeah. and kind of give them guidance that way so i i've been really excited about those interactions and uh with students i have just a plethora of ideas about how to reorient my classes a little Ooh, bit yeah fall. i'm gonna actually be face to face in the fall Yay. for at least one section uh-huh. um and so i want to work in uh some some coaching you know cool habits, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. This is, you know, thinking about it as some of these are very, I I teach sociology and, you know, there's, it's a different language, you know, Mm -hmm. but a lot of the, you know, what we teach, you know, in sociology, the beginner's mind, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, (laughs) being aware of these things, these are, you know, what we talk about in coaching as well. And I think some of the coaching terms in sociology is it's like, almost like coaching is this tool to make, to teach the life, a life skill, if mm-hmm. you will, mm-hmm. through a sociological understanding. So that, that's been really cool. Um, cool. And, and just in, you know, a lot of tough meetings this, mm-hmm. this spring about what things are going to look like into the future mm-hmm. um, and helping different groups, you know, as a chair, you're, <laughs> positioned between faculty and administration and student, you know, there's all these different and something that we talk about in coaching is the 2% truth, right? Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) Seeing, you know, and we talk about this in, um, you know, sociology too. This is essentially the sociological imagination, right? Is like putting yourself in, in somebody else's shoes and looking at the familiar as strange. And I think I've really been able to help different groups see the other other sides mm-hmm. you know two percent truth and sure. using that as a way to kind of come together um and chart our path forward yeah i mean there's there's so much there i'm like trying to decide like where yeah. we should go i almost feel like i should have stopped in bottom line <laughs> no 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 i love i loved all that you said so i almost feel like if i was showing up coach like i'd be like okay shannon i heard you say this this and this which path should we take i love it i love it <laughs> but but it's my interview darn it and i'm gonna ask you yeah, you own it girl you got this I did want to share, cause you said a couple of things like the 2% truth. So mm-hmm. from a coaching standpoint for folks who don't know what that is, it's, it's often this thing where, um, and we did it in, in class. And I remember <clears throat> where you might be presented with something that just feels looks thing. You think it's awful. Like there's just something really, you know, just terrible about it. And the coach might ask you, well, what's what's 2%, what's the 2% that's true about this? And it sort of really makes you dig down and reframe or take a different perspective. And so I love that you brought that up. The thing that a couple of things that resonated with me, Shannon, was this idea about you said sociology is a language unto itself. And I think that's probably true of, I felt that way about economics when I was teaching econ at Anne Arundel, where I spent a lot of time with vocabulary, right? Like just trying to, and I, so I think, I wonder, and I think this is true for me and I wonder for other educators and yourself, I feel like in a lot of ways, coaching gave me a new vocabulary. Like I was already, I mean, I have tons of work to do, but I, but some of the skills looked very familiar and I was like, Oh, reframing perspective, taking, I do that a little bit. And now I have like extra tools for that thing and, and mining for core values. Well, I do ask students what's important to them, but I've never asked them to like, I've never had the tools to mine for their value. So like, I wonder, did you feel that way that you're like, Oh, this is a whole new world of vocabulary for me. Oh, absolutely. I, I, yes. And I felt that it, you know, 
it was new words, but it was picking up just like you said on familiar concepts yeah. that are, or experiences, you mm-hmm. know, that mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily give a name before, mm-hmm. but had felt the experience of, and it's kind of in the same way when we talk about saboteurs and naming mm-hmm. them, naming, tame them, like yeah. naming something has a lot of power, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all too often in, I think, a lot of disciplines and sociology is certainly one of them. Economics yeah. uh, is also one of them. You know, mm-hmm. the, the esot- students can get lost in the esoteric, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And you know, the reality teaching sociology as a gen ed at a community college is that most of my students are not going to go on to mm-hmm. become sociologists. Increasing yeah. number get very engaged. But in any case, <laughs> that, that being aside, Spoken like a true department chair. <laughs> <laughs> they they really I mean it's I'm yeah. telling you they, yeah. these students are buying into this I believe you. <laughs> but most of them right mm-hmm. the vast majority are not yeah but there are ways to take this esoteric that's what the, the piece that I was connecting to with what mm-hmm. you said is like just naming it in in something that's so simple and yet familiar can help them not only learn the sociological lesson, but the life lesson, Totally right? Like <laughs> how you can use that in your, you know, lived experience mm-hmm. uh, is just, I think, a tremendous value of the coaching um, language and yeah. perspective. Absolutely. Yeah. I, the, for me, the reframing, like all of that expand formula where we were asked to take you know, four different perspectives on a moment. <clears throat> and I, this would be a, a topic for a separate conversation. I would love to have you back on because you're the sociologist here. Yeah. The thing that that I've been noodling on and, and listening to podcasts about is like recognizing, I heard someone say this morning on a podcast that we need to realize that the world is socially constructed, right? And so, yeah. right, I'm speaking to the sociologist who's ah, like, yes, ah. I've been screaming that from the hilltops for how long? And I think what coaching has helped me do is like, like mm. not just say those words, but like feel it in my bones that like, oh my gosh, that that thing doesn't have to mean that thing. It's socially right. constructed. Right. And we it's that reframing. It that yes, we right. give it that power. It, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And, so. it, and it is, and I always, you know, it is a very humbling realization, yes. but it's also, if you look at it, you flip your, your frame, yep. you can also see it's extremely empowering. Like we yes. determine yes. how this is. So, you know, how do we want yes. this to be? Um, yeah. and, and that's kind of, yeah. Yeah. I would imagine in a sociology class, I was thinking of the exercise we did in class when um, our, our instructors put the, can't remember all the words, but like they gave us groups of words and we had to sort of pick the one that's like making us feel awful. Mm -hmm. And then they would say, but what's 2% true about that? Like money would be a good example. And so like somebody might say, that's my worst word because it's the root of all evil. It's greed. It's this, it's that it makes othering, but then 2% true is like, well, it gave me access to this coaching course or it gave mm-hmm. me access. Right. So right. I bet doing that kind of an activity with your sociology students would be like, is that what you're yeah, planning? That, maybe that's so interesting. <laughs> and it's like what I said before, when I was yeah. going along and you're like, we could take any of these different avenues. And one yeah. of them in there was, I have all these new ideas, that's awesome. you know, of, of how to, to teach my class and all these yeah. things have these weekly doing sociology exercises. Yeah. And I just am so excited to work some very specific ones adapted yeah. from class. Cool. You know, well, tell, it, tell, tell me more. You got to you got to share at least one because I was going to yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm asking other guests who are sort of formal coaches like to describe a session. So like what what would you do with your students? Like what would be an example? Yeah, share, well, please. That exact one was uh-huh. one of them. That okay. I wanted to, you know, actually have them practice yes. in, in class. That's but cool. another one, I don't know if you remember very early on that we did. Um, I think it was one of the instructors, you know, it was when we were getting to know each other mm-hmm. and, and they asked a series of, of questions. I do remember. Uh, and we were supposed to write down what we thought, mm-hmm. you know, the answer would be. Mm-hmm. And it, it, you know, the, the idea of it was 
to, to recognize that, you know, there's so much more, you know, than we see, yes. you know, and, and to, it, it really connects perfectly to, in sociology, the concepts of stereotyping mm. and labeling. Yes. And so our, you know, and then those go hand in hand because when we put a label mm-hmm. on someone, you know, that has such power, you know, you, you see me, you see yourself, how you see me seeing you. Right. right so right. I have this label that that becomes part of, I mean, that's symbolic interactionalism at its mm-hmm. core. And so just helping people at the from the start, you know, we don't get to labeling late till later in the semester, mm-hmm. but, and students always, they respond very well to that. They want to mm-hmm. shed the labels as well. They, you know, they're, you know, and, and just seeing early on just how, easy it is to attach labels you know totally. how how like we just do that it's you know almost like instinctually and so you have to work just as hard at shedding them and, yeah. and so absolutely yeah that's so powerful we were talking actually the other night in class about this sort of topic and we were sort of noodling over because you know the, th- the thing that always happens and I'm sure this happens with you especially as a department chair um, faculty educators fill in the blank say but I don't have time to do that work with, with my audience, whether it be students, colleagues, leaders. And what a couple of us were mentioning is that it actually doesn't take much time. And we used an example. Um, Jen had us bring um, a, mm. like a picture that mm. resonated with us and use it as our Zoom background or mm. share it with the class. And within five minutes, you could shatter an assumption you had about someone, right? Like just with a picture or like with a question in the chat, you know, what's your favorite vacation? Well, I had you pegged as a beach goer and actually you like climbing the side of mountains. Like who knew, right? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. People are full of surprises. Yes. Yes. And one question, one picture, one word can change that. And so I think that's such a good reminder, again, if we're about cultivating community and belonging that you should be, first of all, I would say you should be spending time doing this because it's important, right? Well, (laughs) and when you say cultivating community and belonging, I mean, I think that's something I was, I mean, mostly I just loved the the coaching lessons, but Mm -hmm. I mean, I did not expect to learn through our coaching class, just how to powerfully run a class online sure oh yeah so so powerful some of the rituals Mm -hmm. right so sociologists you know rituals are important and there were very clear opening exercises Mm -hmm. very clear closing exercises um there was a you know and get speaking of a million different directions we could go and right pre-COVID even, you know, the whole in the classroom, do we let students have their cell phones or we make them put them in a box and how are they fully present yep. in those discussions about, you know, what's here, you know, yep. what, what, are, how do we agree to be as a class Totally, um, are things that I, I think organically do happen in my classes, mm-hmm. but I have not been intentional about. So when you yeah. were asking before about like some things I specifically plan to do, mm-hmm. I really am excited to have a very clear rituals, you know, about nice. the beginning and the end and, and all of that. Cause I think, you know, we're going to be like, the form is going to change, you know, the meaning, like we, I, I don't think we can go back just exactly how we were. Right. No. Um, and I hope I, not. I sure hope not. <laughs> right. Right. Because oh, there's some great quote and I forget who, what is her name? Sonia Renee Taylor. She had oh, some. Oh yeah. I love her. Yeah. There's a great quote about like, you know, normal never was. Yeah. And, you know, and it's just about, you know, That's recreating awesome. things. Yeah. I love, I love the idea of rituals and agree with you. And you said that word intentional, right. That we have to, it doesn't, it's sort of this, like, especially when we were together, I think we just assume that we create community because we would bump into each other at the, the water cooler or pass right. each other going to a meeting. But even in those moments, I would argue that yeah. we needed more intentionality. So I've actually started um, talking in terms of like designing relationships with 
colleagues and students. And it's the same, it's the same idea, right? It's group, it's really group norm in education. We talk about group norms, but it's, it's a similar sort of, sort of thing. So, um, yeah, I'm all about my students know whenever they show up at a zoom session that they're going to have to answer some sort of prompt at the beginning. That's just, that's just how we roll. Yeah. 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 And it totally, yeah. So so it totally helps. So, so I'm curious, Shannon, if, if, you know, folks are out there thinking about a coach, wondering about coaching, I guess the couple of questions I have is when do you think it's a good time for someone to engage with a coach and, you know, what kind of benefits do you think people can get from, from that coaching? I know I'm stacking questions, but <laughs> they're all related. <laughs> that uh, yet another thing that I'm like, I have got to, I stack yeah. questions like no boom, one's boom, boom. Yeah. I mean, that is, <laughs> I am going to work on uh, Anton help me w- with that big time. Yeah. And just, I, I can settle. Yeah. I, yeah. so don't worry. You're, you're in good company. There. Yeah. But, cool. um, yes. <laughs> Well, with that whole, I, I was like, I can't wait to listen to these podcasts with the others who are more experienced in the mm. coaching world than I, because I, you know, after the class and, you know, I haven't had a chance to loop back to Jen. That's a great, you, you had, and you're kind of helping us prepare for this, this mm-hmm. question, how do you find a coach? And I was like, oh, yeah. you find what people have been saying? I can't <laughs> wait to hear, because I really think that that is a, a, a great question. Um mm-hmm. And I almost, I feel like there could be a, and I wonder, I'm curious myself, and I don't, I don't know the answer to this, but like a, a kind of overlap between, you know, a trained therapist who also has that coaching mindset mm. such that you're, you know, make, making certain um, action steps and mm-hmm. those mini actions at the end. Um, but I think uh, kind of looping all the way back to something we talked about at the beginning to mm-hmm. kind of get to the question, you, you seem to understand innately that I, I don't know that, you know, exactly where to find a coach, but like, how do you know, I think your question was when mm-hmm. is a good time to, to get a coach. And the, the thing that came up to me for me that boiled up immediately was like, when you just feel stuck mm. and yes. I, I remember, I guess it was two years ago now, um, you know, I, I, we had moved into our house a week and a half before my second kid was born and you know, they're just, you know, it's just some things that just didn't get done. And I'm not a hyper-organized person, but I'm like capable of organizing (laughs) examples going somewhere related to coaching. Don't worry. It's okay. And you know, we, you know, just stuff, everything just seemed to collect in the basement, you know, mm. it's very large space, but unfinished, but it just, it was just a disaster. Mm. And I kept being like, I just need time. Like we all, you know, <laughs> I just need time to organize. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. And then, you know, one time, you know, again, this is pre COVID. So, you know, there are people at our house and mm-hmm. my one friend, she just started waxing poetic about these organized. She had hired professional organizers, oh. um, to like Marie to Kondo with- kinds of Places. Yes, yeah. exactly. Like yeah. home before it was a thing, right? Mm-hmm. And, and these organizers had, and she was, you know, she's talking about like they had had like a little family meltdown where she was like throwing her her <laughs> husband's like books over the balcony, you know. Oh, she no. just, you know, something needs to change. And she just, I mean, you should have heard her talking about this. She's like, it's just like changing. I, you, you know, now I'm just organizing everything. It just like unleashed, you know, just got her started. So, I actually ended up you know, getting these, you know, having the organizers over. Yeah. And when they were, and I was kind of, you know, it seemed like I pay all this money to have someone organize your stuff when you could organize it yourself. And Mm -hmm. the, the woman, you know, the consultant who, who really, when I look back in some ways, it's a form of like coaching, right? Mm, Yeah. To go back to like the flexibility, it's like, sure. what does someone need, right? Mm -hmm. When we have clutter in our space, Mm -hmm. it's cluttering our mind and we Mm -hmm. can't, you know, and, and she was like, you know what, when we're really useful is when you're just stuck and you have something like you Mm. could do, but you're just not doing, and you're just feeling, and then, you know, her whole, and I I think that is a great time, you know, for, for, I think there's, you know, 
always good. I can't imagine there being a bad time to find yeah. it. But I feel yeah. like as far as tailoring it to which aspect of your life and how to find that right person is like, where are you feeling stuck? Like something that's mm. like, you know, it's just kind of holding you back from living your authentic life. And I think coaching has the power to kind of help us get past that, that stuckness. Yeah, that's, mm, I like that a lot. In, in the current class, we, we were working with a question that's like, what's something you've been wanting to do, but have either been putting it off or have been stuck. And we sort of explored it in that, in that way. And it's funny, Shannon, because, um, coach Alex Ray was on, um, a recent episode and I kept saying to the audience, like, I think Alex is going to share a couple of breadcrumbs of his sort of coaching technique and, but he's not going to give it all away. And he said, he finally said to me, he said, Carrie, I honestly, I give it away in talks I give on my podcast and I'm happy to share some of the, the things that I do. He said, because honestly, it's not going to change how people are. And I think he's making the same point you are, which is, and, and, and the philosophy that we talked about with coaching is it's all within you. Right. So like him telling you his tips is not going to change how you're responding, but you working with him Mm -hmm. and, and responding to his questions that hopefully gets you unstuck. So I thought, I was like, ah, oh, that's like so brilliant. That's right. And to me, that's where the coach, whether it's someone helping you organize your life, your house, your yeah. whatever, or, right. you know, a different kind of coach, career, life, etc. It is, it really, it could, it can be getting you unstuck. And whether that means looking at a situation a different way, creating mm-hmm. action for yourself. Um, I think you really bottom, I have to think about that more, but I really feel like that stuckness that's mm. kind of bottom lining I, I, what coaching, oh. why you need it. Right. So well, well that done. just made me so happy because <laughs> bottom lining as, as your audience is probably already, not my strong suit, but yeah, that one, I agree. Is it a, did. It's good. Core, it's good. You know, I, because I, I do I, in my own life already, I through you know, the, the class that we took mm-hmm. is just in he- my friend, Heidi, my informal coach. Yeah. Uh, we talk about this all the time is how often we, the same things come up in our lot, like the, those lessons that we have to keep re- relearning or, yep. you know, desires that like, totally. just like simmering. And those are that the stuckness yep. that we need to yeah. break through and coaching is a great way to do that. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, so you've mentioned a couple of coaching skills. So I'm really curious, Shannon, what's your, <laughs> what's your favorite skill that you've learned? I, I love this, this question when you sent it and uh-huh. I, I had to think about, it cause there's, you know, when I think about it, it was like my favorites that I have learned where kind of what we said before, mm-hmm. where it's this naming of yes. something that I already new in life and valued, but I didn't really have a name for it. Mm -hmm. And then there's these other skills (laughs) where like, oh, that's good. And I need to work on that. But I I love it because it's, do you know what I mean? It is like a a name again to something Mm -hmm. I need to work on. So I guess the the whole creative beings, that concept Mm -hmm. is my, in terms of something I, have always realized, but didn't have a name for, mm. um, is one of my, my favorites, mm. uh, skills. Yeah. Um, I just recognize that every human being, you know, has that, that capacity. And interestingly for me, it links very clearly to another skill that I love, but I'm not good at yet in that is the non-attachment. Oh yeah. And, and, and I realized that in, in many ways, though, I have always believed in the whole creative being concept. And, you know, I do this with my own children, Mm -hmm. you know, where it's hard for me to then, you know, be unattached, you know? Um, and, and, and so that's something I'm, I'm working on, but grateful for coaching to have that clear terminology to help me with. Um, Yeah. That not, that non-attachment, is, is a tricky one because I think at least for me and what I've observed is that I honestly think we're sort of, especially educators, 
Mm. And maybe this is true of other of, I mean, you, you go through training, right? You go to undergrad, whether you go to undergrad, if it's a technical degree, whatever the training is, it, it can be diverse. I'm not saying just college degree. I'm saying whatever your training is, mm. you're like trained to be the knower, the expert. And so showing up coach, like unattached means you have to take off that knower hat and be a listener and a learner. And yes. I think that like everything in our fiber is taught and rewarded for being a knower, right? I go off on a whole other yeah. <laughs> for hitting on something. Yeah. I think that is whole, you know, I, I think higher education is especially right now. I, I think K-12 does that much, is better at not doing what mm. you just described. Uh-huh. I mean, there's elements of it, but yeah. higher education. And mm-hmm. I, I really, I think we're at a point where we, you know, risk uh, being a transformative institution mm-hmm. for the people who pass through if we don't change our practices and, you know, yeah. systems. I mean, totally. this is one of the, you know, we can recognize this as individuals, but like you just said, we have systems that, that reward the knowing. The yeah. knowing. Um, That's so. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. Challenge. It's a real challenge. It is. It is. And I have to say, like, you know, also being in higher ed, I see the same thing. And it's funny. Um, as I, I, I my audience knows, and I think I shared with our class, Jan, that I've been writing a book over the past six months and it'll be coming out hopefully end of summer, beginning of fall. And and it's it's about transitions and sort of mm-hmm. sort of basically what we've been talking about, leaning into discomfort, being able to notice and name those moments and just sit in it and stay and sort of Mm -hmm. like realizing that that discomfort is where the most learning happens. So we need to stop rushing through these things. So that's what the book is about. And there's a chapter in there. I talk about the prerequisites to doing this work. And one of them is adopting a learning identity. Mm. And when I started the chapter, I started to write a story and I was really honest about how I've never been comfortable with the, the label of being an expert, that even oh. though I have a PhD and I'm at a university, people want to put me in an expert box. And so I wrote this whole thing about how I'm not an expert. I show up as a beginner and a learner. And my editor, when he was looking at the chapter, he's like, mm-hmm. I don't, you can't write this That's because, that. because yeah, people are buying this book because you're an expert on this thing. And I, so he and I had this back and forth and we came to a compromise. Like I took out like the hard, I'm mm-hmm. not an expert, but I, yeah. but I had to stay authentic yes. <laughs> to myself. Yes. Cause I right. don't, I've never been comfortable with that. Cause I don't think I'm an expert. Like I still have so, I mean, you know, the more you learn, the more you realize you don't know, Absolutely. Um, but it was just Absolutely. funny that that sort of publishing mm. system, you know, wants me to own expertise. <laughs> a rich example of exactly. Yeah. What it's, I was, just, it's a perfect example. It's and, just so funny. So, so w- w- once again, this notion of socially constructed and what we value and what we don't value. So but, um, I mean, props to you by staying authentic to yourself and pushing back. Yeah. And, and, you know, it starts to shift. Yeah. It was a, it was a funny and awkward conversation. I was like, yeah, but, yeah, <laughs> but I actually want people to buy it because they yeah. think I'm a learner, not because I'm an expert right. on the topic. Right, so, right, right. um, mm. so the last question I have really is I'm curious, um, you know, I asked you about your favorite coaching skill. What do you think's hard about coaching, whether it's the client, the coach, or both, what, do, what's hard about it? I, it's, it's so big, but you know, I, I, and when I read that question, I immediately thought of what I was about to say, but I was like, oh, that, that gets into so much big stuff, but we've yeah. actually talked about a lot of it. Yeah. It's okay. We like big stuff. <laughs> yeah. For me, I mean, there's that discomfort we talked about early on, like on a personal level, mm-hmm. you know, worrying about if you're doing a good job, but I've, I have gotten better and it's easier for me because I'm just showing up coach like versus yes. a coaching session. But mm-hmm. when I, then when I've done those coaching sessions for as part of our class and practice, mm-hmm. I, I still am working on that. You know, yeah. my perfectionist side is, but I'm aware of it and I, and I want to keep working on that. Yeah. But the larger issue for me that is hard about coaching is, and this is very much the sociologist in me, it is that 
I completely believe in the power of coaching at an individual level. Mm-hmm. But that, how that can link to the larger structures, institutions right? and structures, and, which is and, so, that is such a sociological lens. I get it. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. And I, it's and, good. And, and it's, don't be sorry. Yeah. And, and I, I, I really do think we are at this kind of this point in higher education mm-hmm. that it was already existed before the pandemic. This, mm-hmm. a lot of these sort of like fractures in the system. I just think that the pandemic sort of threw a, a torch to them, right? Mm-hmm. If you will. And I think, you know, when we talk about coaching, it's this way of showing up in the world that could help us, you know, treat some of these larger structural issues. But I, I think, you know, we also need very strong, you know, systemic changes in mm-hmm. education, mm-hmm. you know, not just while coaching is a phenomenal tool. Yeah. I, I still, I, I'm trying to figure out if there's like a linkage to that larger macro piece. Mm-hmm. Um, that for me is a question. I still, I feel like there's something there that I haven't figured out that yeah. I'm still thinking yeah. on. That's good. Yeah. I like that. I think Jen would say, we just need to like, you know, triple and exponentially increase the number of people who get the coaching in those institutions to make that change. But I agree with you. It's an interesting thing to, I have to think about it too, because it's, yeah. it's a big, it's definitely a big question. So, so I always like to ask my guest Shannon, whether it's this summer of coaching or during the, the regular season, um, is there anything else you would like to share with our audience that you and I haven't touched on? Mm, I know we, we've covered a ton of, yeah, we have, we've, we've been a lot of places. (laughs) Yes. They even know how cute my dog is. I know that's right. Well, that's important. That's very important. (laughs) So, so I want to really sincerely thank you for coming on and being so honest and, and open and generous with your ideas and, and conversation. This has been an absolute delight to have you on. This is lovely. Thank you yeah. for having me. Of and course, I of course. Doing this. I'm very excited to listen to your. Yeah, it should be your, fun. There's, uh, I was saying, I think there's like seven or eight folks that volunteered. So I got like a whole, a whole group of interviews that I'm really excited. And I will say, and I like to say this recording so that other people can testify to this, that I would love, love, love to have you back maybe in the fall, yes. um, maybe to like unpack I don't know, have a conversation. We have to think about what it'll be, but I feel like it could be Mm. a conversation with like the sociology aspect and belonging and community. Cause I think, I mean, there's so much to tap into there that, um, maybe we We already have laid the breadcrumbs. Yes, we have. So, so I would love to invite you back maybe in the fall to, to bring your sociological expertise and we could talk more about belonging and community if you'd be interested. So I would love that. Awesome. Cool. All right. Well, this has been another episode, our summer of coaching and uh, Shannon Fleischman has joined us. And thank you so much, everybody for listening. And this is Tell Me This and I am your host, Carrie Borkowski. Have a great one. to simplify your school's technology, save teachers time, and improve students' performance on state assessments? You can do it all, but don't waste another minute. Head straight to IXL.com forward slash BE to learn how IXL's research-proven teaching and learning platform can help you achieve all of these goals. That's IXL.com forward slash BE.